This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. What's up, everyone? It's Derek G Speaks Volumes. This anorak jumper thing. Oh, I talk about this like everyone watches on video. They don't. Looks quite nice on camera, I have to say. Hello, I am your host, Derek G. If you don't know me, I make content. Some people say I'm a content creator. I'd like to figure out a nicer term, but anyway, who likes to talk and think about music? And today I am introducing a concept to you called the triangle that I have come up with. Maybe other people have come up with. I just, when I come up with things, I don't tend to Google it because it comes from me. And that's that's the point of the podcast as opposed to just uh, researching myself out of making any arguments about anything. Derek G Speaks Volumes is a podcast where I either have guests on and we unpack and explore some sort of niche in music, or I present some sort of thesis to you to think about, to discuss amongst yourselves, and to perhaps broaden our thinking about music and the impact of music on society and culture on our lives everything like that and in between. So before we get started, I'm probably going to do this more and more because I'm getting more professional, right? If you like what you're listening to, please start, please like it, please subscribe, all that good stuff because uh, it all helps. You know it does and I, I appreciate it and I thank you f- first and foremost for listening. Secondly, if you want to support what I do, then I have a sub stack where I have this this weekly thing I'm now doing called the permanent collection, which is the submission of my favorite songs of all time for your enjoyment. There is a paid version of that too, where you can get extra music and a playlist. Substack, you can look it up on my website, derrickg.com. There are lots of playlists you can listen to. That's also on the website that link to videos that I've made. I haven't shared a playlist without a video, I'm pretty sure. Also, there's a Discord, which you can find on the website, where the, the very avid internet people the beautiful internet people that hang out in the Discord. And we chat about everything from what we're watching to what on TV to live shows that we're going to, to song recommendations, to IDing things, to that recently was started was a podcast channel, which is a hive of activity in the day or two after the podcast comes out. And if you ever want to drop in your thoughts you know, observations, contributions, criticisms. Some people say, I don't know if I fully agree with you. I'm all there for it. I I do reply to most of those because it's like, it's really instantaneous discussion about something and something that we need more of in the podcast space because podcasts are not um, an island. Am I right? So, With all of that out of the way, we can now get into the episode, which is called The Triangle. I'm doing a hand symbol for a triangle. Should I? Probably not. So I guess I should start with the fact that was this inspired by Bill Simmons, the sports and entertainment media mogul, um, and his pyramid? No. Even though they're both triangles, they have served different functions. Bill Simmons, if you don't know him, uh, was a sports writer and is now uh, the founder of The Ringer and was the founder of Grantland on ESPN. He has this thing called The Pyramid, which is in his book of basketball. And it's basically this pantheon of great basketball players. And 
you know, the lower third of the pyramid, there's these people that have achieved these things. Second third is, is you know, obviously the more you ascend, the more you ascend. And he has criteria for that. I'm not doing that because ranking, although it is difficult to rank sports stars, it's easier to rank them because there's literal achievements that you can unlock because of the, the, the amounts of points you get for putting the ball in the hole. Uh, this triangle is actually a criteria that I have devised and I call this the triangle version one because I think it will evolve over time and I think your feedback will help develop this. This is not a finished piece, but I've been thinking a lot about what makes an artist truly great because I listen to a lot of music. I've worked with a lot of artists. I'm friends with artists. And I think I can, I've started to identify the key themes that define people that are really good and really great, or just someone that's kind of out there and putting out music. Now, everyone that puts out music is an artist. I'm not saying you're not, but I think what makes truly, truly special artists, it is a very small percentage of people. And I've created this this criteria that I think represent what those great people have. Separating these people from good to great, it does come down to some things that I think are fairly clear. To me, this is an attempt at an objective reasoning about why these things resonate as well, because, you know, when you see all those people going, these are the top five, da-da-da-da, of all time. It's like, that's opinion. That's based on your life experience, all this sort of stuff. But I think that if you look at certain criteria, you can see that some have the ability to stand out more than others. So this is a way to crystallize my thinking around this. So I've developed this triangle and the triangle has on its points different characteristics that are required for great artists in my mind. So the chapters of this thesis, my presentation to you. Why the triangle? The triangle and its tenets. Artists who possess the elements of the triangle and everyone else, okay? So we have the chapter one as we dig in and get started on this. Why the triangle? I think that when I speak to a lot of people they, especially nowadays with the uh, profile that I've built, people ask me, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? What do you... And it's so hard because artists and musicians and successful musicians are on a timeline. They develop, they're growing, they're growing as adults or, or, or whatever. And they might not be fully formed at the time of meeting them. And you can't look at that tri the triangle and go, do they have all these things in order to be successful? I don't think anyone could ever... I don't think uh, A&Rs, if you don't know what A&R is, um, it is the essentially the person that not only scouts new talent, signs them to the label, and then brings them through the system in order to produce a body of work, combined producers, engineers, writers, all that, uh, to create their body of work. I don't think they can go like, oh, if I was an A&R, Derek, meet uh, Joe Blow. I think is incredible. And I'll sit with them over a lunch. I'll listen, have a listen to their music and go, hmm, let me think about them in the triangle. <laughs> I think that the people that I think complete 
this this triangle of of different criteria that I've met, they just have it. And anyone that has met them has said to me like, they've got something, don't they? They've got something. They've got something different. They know what they want. They know who they are. They know what they're looking for. They know what they're going to produce. And it doesn't matter. They're going to do it anyway. So it's not something that, and I perhaps, I don't know how many musicians listen to, this, listen to this podcast. I would warn that like, if you're a musician, you shouldn't look at this and be like, well, this is the the, the criteria that I need to achieve. Obviously for one, because it's arbitrary and d- designed by me, but also because you can't. Uh, people have asked me if I'm a musician or have been a musician. I used to play music. I can play instruments, but I, I didn't have the triangle of of um, criteria. I just didn't. I know that. So maybe I should go over it, shouldn't I? The triangle and its tenets. This will be long because, okay, I'll break it down. I'll tell you what they are. Hmm, should I? Should I? Maybe I'm going to break. I will break it down one by one. A bit of a reveal. The tip of the triangle, the, the biases between if it's on the lower tip, you know, imagine the triangle is, is, is a flat base and equal sides. What is that called again? You know, one of those triangles. I haven't gone to school in a while. <laughs> uh, the top one, the, the first tenet of the triangle of criteria that an artist needs in order to be truly special is having a truth. A truth is something that they need to say, that they have to say, that is in their soul that they can't do anything but communicate. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be something deep. It doesn't have to be about politics. It doesn't have to be about uh, your rights as a maligned individual. It doesn't have to be. A lot of it comes from that. A lot of a lot of people that have a truth, a message. Artists have come from places where they have gone through struggle, and they need to fight out of that, and they have something to say. That is a message. But it could also be about identity, sexuality. That is a struggle because you are often discriminated against, and that is a truth. But then you can also talk about love. You might be the most romantic person in the world. You might be talking about just the recklessness of youth. And I don't think you're thinking that, oh, I'm going to write about the recklessness of youth. But you are that and you want to write about it. You might talk about despair or hopelessness or frustration or sex and lust and desire. But I think that the people that really... I think whilst each angle is equal, I think this is the most important one because the people that can tap into a global truth through their own experience that they have deep in their bones are it. And I would say that when I say that I wasn't a musician, an artist, I don't think I had a strong enough truth to put it down on paper. I have many truths, but not one that I could put down paper and express in any like impassioned way that I could resonate with a, a wide audience. I just didn't didn't have that when I was younger. Um, I, I do have comparisons later with different artists, but say I've been really intrigued by this artist called Leve of late because she is basically, I don't know if this is true or not, or maybe it's just the bubbles that I see things in. She's like bringing back vocal jazz. It's not for me. 
but she's only growing faster and faster and she sings very vocal jazz you know very uh, she performs with an orchestra it's it's very romantic um she wears you know these beautiful gowns sometimes or dresses and and she plays bossa nova she plays the cello and and she her truth i'm not saying she's necessarily like one of the greats but i think her truth is love romanticism you know this kind of wistful girlishness i guess i would say that in the same way i would say boyishness uh that she embodies at this point in her life which is really quite quite sweet and really quite um unique in the world and is clearly resonating with people i think i should caveat at this point to say that if an artist can possess one or two really strong parts of this triangle you can be really successful really successful whether you put title together is another thing but that is the first one because without a truth without a true message then you aren't really communicating anything real so when i look at and i get sent a lot of artists uh that i would define as mediocre and i say that as someone that doesn't like to poo poo music i don't talk about the mediocre stuff but there is a lot of mediocre music out there and you listen to it and it just sounds like a every other pop record you've ever heard there's no truth to it what are you saying it's like let me make an appropriate example i'm looking at my earphones right now right and they'll call their song earphones and no one's called a song earphones before say and it's just cute and they're talking about earphones and how i feel on my own world and i like sharing it with my crush but it's like is that a truth or is that just like a concept that you come up with and and that doesn't resonate i think so that is the most important thing and you can't cultivate that you either have it or you don't i think triangle angle 1 2 a vision now when i say a vision i think on the top level surface it's like what do you want what do you want to achieve i think that is the basis for this tenet but i think that you can really break it down to a lot of things i think that like i said the the artists that i've met that truly are special like i said at the top know who they are know how they want to interact with life the the culture of music and the industry and and respect it and want to exist within it so i think a lot of artists don't have a vision they just like making songs now it's not to say that that you can sit down with said artist and go hey what's your vision where do you want to be in 20 years that's kind of different it's almost like they are so cutthroat with understanding how they are how they are represented what's cool or uncool of cheesy and commercial versus credible if you go to them and say hey you should do this interview on tv and they're like who watches tv that's corny you're like true you know for instance and that's not necessarily say vision but i think that the people i've met that are really interesting know that how you are represented in the world is really important to you and you don't do everything because you're just some shill that you go out to the radio and do these things if you don't vibe with it if you don't trust it if you don't like it you don't do it and that may mean that you sacrifice a whole lot of different opportunities but they know who they are and they know where they're going so you understand your image more than anything secondly you understand your audience i think of ed sheeran a lot 
because as much as his music is not for me, in the interviews I've seen of him, he is so clear with who his audience is, who he's communicating with, and what sort of artist he wants to be for them. He does his whole in the round thing because the whole brand that he's built is I am for everyone. I don't have my back to anyone. I am approachable. He'll do all these in-person meetings. He'll go to the label, take photos of people. He'll go to a football team and meet people. And that is part of his brand. That's part of his vision. It's part of his audience. He's not trying to be like, look, my brand is being a man of the people. So I'm going to do that. He cares about his audience. I saw an interview. It might have been the Breakfast Club where he said, I don't want my tickets to be over a certain price because I want people to come back again. I want people to see me. I want people to to not price people out that are fans. And that's like, okay, you're a business person. And I think that is the next part of having a vision is that you have, I think the greatest artists are really great business people. They understand the business of music and that they, they are the CEO and the product, and that they need to build out their business to scale it as effectively as possible while retaining credibility. Because I think that, for better or for worse, I was like Katy Perry, right? I don't know her story, so I, maybe this is a bad example, but Blew Up was a big pop artist, has disappeared, isn't an important individual in music history in terms of we'll look back on as like hugely influential, although she, a lot of people love her music, but I don't think she was looking at it in a sense of like, okay, how am I therefore building to develop this audience, this fandom, this legacy? She did her thing. She, she impacted a lot of people. She got the money and she's probably living a very good life. But Ed Sheeran, it continues to build that audience and build that relationship and, hey, acquire a lot of assets as well. Also, creative direction is part of a vision. In in terms of understanding your image and how it's portrayed, I think about Travis Scott and Travis Scott really being a creative director of how he wants to achieve things and brings in a team of people. You you bring this to the table. You bring that to the table. I'm bringing you into the circle and I am creative directing how this looks. I think a lot of artists uh, lack the holistic vision of their brand. And so, and I think uh, Shervin, who I had on recently, said recently, and I I attest to this, a lot of artists don't have a visual connection to their music. They have a, they make the music. They're really good at making the music. Then it's like, okay, I don't know what this should look like, I'll bring on this person, which is great, and you should because these people are professionals, but I think the people that I think are really special know the world that they've built inside and out, how it looks in their in their mind as well as how it sounds to their ears. And they are able to, because if, if you think about most artists that have had a huge impact, holistically, their brand is is really great. Like Kendrick Lamar's, album covers and music videos are as iconic as the music whereas some other people don't value that the same way but it's as important and so you need to to honor that and lastly in terms of vision a knowledge of your place in culture i think that uh a lot of artists that i've met 
who really have something special are music nerds. They know so much about music. They care about music and they care about their contribution to music and therefore care about how they place themselves in music culture and therefore manufacture, and I don't mean manufacture like fake, build a uh, an artist's image that is a certain way. Take Frank Ocean, very interesting individual. There is a conscious effort to dress how he dresses, which is to say in like, I don't know if it's a Marmo jacket, but it's something like that. You know, he dresses like, you know, a autumn, an autumnal port, Portlandian. <laughs> oh, I don't know what would you call them, but like, uh, he's not. He he does, has designed his brand to be introverted, relatable. Whereas, like Elton John, for instance, is the opposite of that. I'm a star, and you must, you know, admire my true essence and beauty you know harry styles is similar it's like i am a star enjoy my stardom which is its own enjoyable thing but frank ocean is developing something as well he what we don't realize often as music fans is the things that they don't do in order to represent who they are and there would be people challenging someone like frank unless Frank had the vision and the persistence. Someone will go, okay, you've done this, that, and the other. You should come back with, you know, a sequence suit and I don't know, all these different things to present a new version of this superstar that you are. But at the at the kernel of it is him going, no, I don't want that. That's not who I am. And that's not the, that's not the vision for me as an artist. Tyler, the creator is a lot more theatrical, right? Than, than, Frank Ocean, he has costumes and outfits and wigs and scenes that he sets. And that's his brand that he's built. It's almost like going more and more fantastical as we go along. And that is the where he wants to build his world. And Tyler, I think, is a really good example of this triangle that I'm building. The truth, he has a truth, which is a lot of internal frustration, a lot of wonder, a lot of love. I'm skipping forward a little bit, but um you know sexuality identity you know lots of things he has a vision clearly defining how he evolves as an artist and how he presents himself in the world to creative direct the whole image interrupting this podcast about the triangle to bring to you today's sponsor the podcast sponsor which is turntable lab of course, if you haven't, if you don't know about Turntable Lab by now, what are you doing? Are you, are you not listening to the podcast? They are the, well, I was going to say presenting sponsor, perhaps something that, maybe that's something I should look into. They are the sponsor of the pod and they are the trusted source of audio gear and records. They've been around for 20 years and I recommend this not only because I sponsor the pod, but if you are someone from either a beginner or a hi-fi enthusiast, you can go there and pick up everything you need from the stylus to a turntable to speakers to records. And yeah, anything you need, the little weight that you put on top of your records that you need for some records, if they're a bit warped or if you just need it to be like extra planted, you can get that there too. They also have a section of the website called The Lab, which has over 100,000 records in stock. So 
you know, you can pick up all your faves. Plus, they have this deal called the four or more deal. So if you buy four or more, you get 10% off your whole purchase, which is like, you know, records are a luxury, you know. So why not take advantage of it, save up your monies and then save a bit of monies as well. TurntableLab.com is the place to go. You can also go to TurntableLab.com forward slash Derek for some of my selections and uh, collections of things that I would buy or would recommend for you. Check it out. Back to the episode. The third one, the third tenet of the triangle that I think is the segue from this title creator thing is talent. And talent is the most, uh, the one that most people would have, but I, I define talent in many different ways. So if we're completing the triangle, truth, vision, and talent. Talent is, the, the, the number one is clearly musicianship. Can you, can you sing? Can you rap? Can you, can you play an instrument? Are you particularly good at any of this stuff? You need that, but it's not essential. It's not, it's not. Talent also means things like maybe you have a talent for writing incredible lyrics. Bob Dylan, Phoebe Bridges. You know, she has a, Phoebe Bridges has a great voice. Bob Dylan has a terrible voice. Doesn't seem to matter, does it? I love Bob Dylan's voice though. Uh, Phoebe Bridges is a really, really incredible songwriter. That's a talent. Charisma, I think, is a talent. I think you can get a long way on charisma. I think you can get a long way on being uh, electric and effervescent and uh, magnetic in a room. It can only get you so far, but I think that um, many an artist has succeeded because you just you just have something, you know. Talent could be an ear. You know what sounds good. You know what sounds bad. I know a lot of musicians that don't have an ear. They can just do certain things. Like if I hired a a really talented bass player that doesn't have an ear, if that I don't know if that can make sense to you. I'll play you a song and they'll be like, cool, I'll play the bass line to that. But then song with the ear is like, I know what I can add to this that elevates it and does something different. And maybe it's a combination of this, that, and the other from these parts of music history that I really love. And then and then they've achieved something different and they've got an ear. Maybe that talent, to a lesser extent, is you can move, you can dance. You know, with those countless artists in the world that we know that can move incredibly, that is part of their brand being able to dance and sing and, and you know Michael Jackson obviously has is, is has possesses the tenets of the triangle but one of the talents he has besides everything else is he can dance a, a talent also can be that you look great and there are many artists that have at least gotten number one singles of being nothing but good looking and the songs are written for you and and they they have the whole marketing push behind them. They don't fit in the triangle per se because I don't think they have much of a truth or a vision. They just look good and they they get put through the machine. And they have many have succeeded. Obviously, if you can sing, obviously if you can perform anything to a high level, I think you you know musically, then you can succeed to an extent. So completing the triangle. A truth, a vision, and a talent. 
Now, I think that outside of the triangle, I'm not trying to like complicate the world, which I'm building, is like basically like a ring, a circle of everyone else, which is you kind these people kind of exist like either like in between, tr you know, truth and talent in the triangle, in between talent and vision. I think a lot of alternative artists fit almost like in between all these sectors in the triangle, if you were to use the triangle as a graph, right? Because what people are able to achieve is as an alternative artist is like, you might have a truth and you might have a vision, but you don't have particularly the talent as a uh, musician, but you have the guts to be able to rock it out with just a really, really, really unspoken truth that people haven't talked about. And that is enough for a lot of people truth or t truth and talent you know you maybe are really talented at singing and you have something to say but you can't really like build anything else we also know lots of artists that don't have a great vision and don't succeed in that regard and i think that most most music that is output has one of these tenets as part of their identity but they rarely complete all of them so that's the conclusion of that. So let's talk about some artists, shall we? You could pick out any artist to look at whether they are huge or small or mediocre um, and, and, and kind of compare them against this. I've talked about Frank a little bit. I've talked about Tyler. I've talked about Travis Scott. Let's talk about Bruno Mars. Now I don't have to, I can talk about a variety of different artists. Bruno Mars, insanely talented singer, insanely talented. I think his vision is very clear, which is like this like shiny West Coast uh, party, kind of clean party guy, shiny performer, glitzy. I think that he is wildly successful. I don't know how he will exist in, in music history in the future. I think he's made some really great songs uh, that will be played on the radio forever. I don't know about him in music history. I think the one thing where he's lesser in the percentages, right, is the truth. Like, I think his truth is like, you know, fun and and a bit of wow and a bit of theater. But I don't think he's like resonant in the way that, you know, Eminem's Lose Yourself was resonant to a whole generation of people. So the criteria for him is is he achieves it, but he isn't as, I guess, pointed in that truth. Let's look at another artist. Let's go with The Cure. The Cure is really talented from a songwriting, like Robert Smith is a, a clearly an incredible songwriter. And that's the first, I think, uh, tenet is the songwriting. Vision, The Cure... The, the they still maintain the same look and aesthetic and I think it's really cool and I think they know where they play in terms of this kind of like bleached out hung out to dry uh you know 80s pop in a really kind of romantic and nihilistic way I think that vision was achieved I think the truth as well in terms of the kind of like tragic romance that the cure is is 
has was achieved is achieved and i think that you know a lot of this is reverse engineering it's like uh i can look at this and go yeah obviously they're in they have the triangle but like they do because they've managed to develop all these aspects of who they are in order to to endure whereas let's look at my favorite example of the moment i don't even know how to pronounce it but like maniskin like they have a a vision, I would say, to represent and have the image that harkens back to 70s to mid-80s rock and roll. They have a talent, but I, I don't know how much of a truth they have. And they have a talent in so much as like they're musicians, they can do good things, but I, you know, I don't think that their talent is necessarily an ear that pushes the sound forward in any particular way. So I wouldn't say that they possess what I define as the triangle of, of, of musical greatness, but they, you know, I'm, I'm trying to illustrate that they have parts of it. Let's look at Drake. Drake actually has many truths, I think. And I think is underrated how much of he is able to communicate truths. I think he has truths about, um, romancing women. I think his lyricism around that have been really good. I think his lyricism about like not being understood and kind of lost in an identity, his truth about being a mama's boy, uh, his truth about the celebration of women. I think I'm not saying it's all good, but like I think he has a particular perspective on it that resonates with a lot of, of women, a lot of female audience out there. Uh, I, th- I think he has less truth about being a hard rapper, to be honest, when he tries to do that sort of stuff, when he tries to be tough. I think a lot of people don't believe that. Um, it's when he does like um, nice for what, that it's like, oh, this guy has something to say and it cl- connects. Uh, Drake's vision, he is a clearly a really great businessman who has me- been able to make, he has records for like the amount of number ones or whatever he's had or consecutive or whatever. And he has vision aesthetically is not great, but vision in terms of like how he has existed in music. You can see early interviews with him talking about what sort of record deal he wants and what sort like how important marketing is. And I think that that he was able to really harness that to his advantage as a business talent. Musicianship, I would say is, you know, he's not the highest. I think if he had a, a real talent for, understanding what he needed to communicate in terms of R&B and, and, and rap at the same time. And he has a great, great ear to be able to develop hits, which which is underrated that, you know, when people talk about Drake and all oh, these albums aren't great, and blah, 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 like man can make better hits than anyone of his generation, more than Kanye, you know, more than Frank, more than like, if you want to compare him on those sort of things more than Beyonce, you know, he has in the last 10 years more hits. So Drake is definitely one that is, is, is one of the, you know, the encapsulation of, of this triangle in many ways, because he's able to identify a niche, a sound, an identity, a communication, a way to communicate with fans um, that has been resonant less so now. Um, I would like to do a podcast on Drake one day. I don't know what my angle is, but maybe should I pick one more? Let's let's kind of throw it in a, a a bucket. What can I pick that would be completely against my own logic? Let's go 
90s. Let's go. Oh, okay, fine. It's not that anti, but let's go Radiohead. This isn't on my list. That's why I'm, I'm kind of like thinking to myself. What do they have the most? I would say they have a vision. They have a vision of how they operate. We won't do things like this. We will do things like that. We're going to drop an album for free. We're going to be submers- subversive. We're going to put out things that challenge the year. We're not going to be a grunge band. We're going to experiment with these electronic sounds. We are going to look into more of like a, not sci-fi, but that kind of more surrealist uh, world of music. We are going to, you know, Tom York is a weird looking dude. We aren't going to change that. We're not going to try to be anything we're not. I think that the vision of Radiohead, that's so immaculate in terms of their albums and output, how when they put something out, it's great. There are no compromises. They aren't putting things out on a cycle of like, okay, we've got to put out another album. It's been a while. Let's get some features on it and stuff like that. They're like, do we have something to say? Their vision is the clearest. The truth and talent, they're kind of equal, I think. Like the truth of what Radiohead talks about, you know, comes through very clearly in their music via obviously the lyrics, obviously through how Tom York sings, how the, how Johnny Greenwood plays guitar. I think that there is a a desperation and a loneliness, and a, but there's also a desire um, and a hunger and an aggression to what Radiohead does. And obviously, clearly, there's a talent as well. I think uh, Tom York isn't the greatest singer, but he can sing so well, if that makes sense. All the artists and how they interplay with one another are great. And they have, more than anything, a really excellent ear. And they've been able to progress and evolve at a rate that is in keeping with their sound. So OK Computer sounds different from Kid A, which sounds different from In Rainbows. But they um, each one is kind of more modern than the last one. And so they have an ear and a talent. And, and obviously the musicianship is there, but it's not the whole thing. You need all these things. And I think that that is to to kind of round things out at the end. Most people, like I said, have artists, have some of these subcategories. You've got, you maybe you can write great lyrics. Maybe you can write a great pop song. Maybe you've got an amazing voice. Maybe you look like a statue. But do you have anything to say that like means anything to anyone? Rarely. I would say the truth and the vision are actually, you know, those are the key tenets that most people lack is okay you're a cool band you know you play cool music it sounds like the music that i like but why does it not hit me in the heart and in the soul because you don't really add anything else to the equation of anything that hasn't been already said before and i think that the synthesis to you know the one of the more um, impactful artists of the generation which we've spoken about which is frank is saying stuff that people haven't said before and saying it in a way that has resonated with people in this kind of drawn out, uh, unstructured, almost impressionistic ways to talk about uh, sexuality and identity. Uh, and if you have a pop song that tries to express that in a really cheesy two and a half minutes, it's not gonna. It's just not gonna hit the same. So, in some in some senses, this is how I look at things through my lens of judgment. I don't look listen to music and go, does this fit within this prism? 
on a soul level, I'm like, is this special? It's like when I heard Rosalia's second album, not Motor Mummy, the one before that. I was like, this, she has, I don't know what her truth is outside of like the feeling from the the sound of her her, um, lyrics and, and vocal delivery. But there's a truth there. There's a vision in how she presents herself, how she operates, how uh, that brand of her at the time was presented. The talent is clear, but she's also got this ear that's bringing in new sounds as well as old sounds, as well as, you know, um, sounds from her culture, as well as the progressive new sounds of electronic music. And you heard that album back in, I want to say 2018, maybe, when that came out. It was just like, Immediately, your heart and soul was like, what is this? This is special. This is important. This is different. Jumped four years in the future, five years in the future, and she is, you know, in the top five most important artists in the world right now. And I'm not saying I'm special because I picked it. Everyone was noticing it, some earlier than others. But you could tell that this person was not like the rest where I get sent. I get sent music all the time now. And you listen to it and you're like, this sounds like a good song. Why does it not? Why am I just, why is that it? Because you, you, there's there's not all those other things to play. But that's that's the difficulty of music and that's the magic of music. And I think that when it hits, it hits. And when it doesn't, it often can exist in the world for a long time before people even realize that it's special. And sometimes things are ahead of its time. Sometimes things don't connect at the time that it came out. Maybe sometimes it never does. But I know that Sasha Frere Jones said that like sometimes it's luck. There are plenty of talented people out in the world that have the same amount of skills as Prince or whatever. On the um, conceptually, I agree with that. I do think though that are people like hold on, let me pause on that point. I think that people there is a lot of luck involved. Who you know, where you are at the time, who is the person at the label that gets what you do and believes in you, and then gives you the money to fulfill those things. Yes, if Prince didn't meet the certain person, the certain producer, the certain engineer, maybe he wouldn't have existed in the same way. But I do think that the artists that are really clear on what they want and how they want to achieve it, and how they want to present it, these people are really smart. The people that I've met that are really brilliant, are really smart and savvy about their business, their place, their sound, how they want to adapt a sound and change it to to evolve music and culture. And they wrap up and they have something to say and they have insane talent as Prince does. Then how many people can actually do that? And I would say, not as many people as you think. So there are crazy people like Prince that can write a really groovy song. Do they dress a certain way? Can they present? Can they perform a certain way? Can they write lyrics a certain way? Can they write hits a certain way? And I would say, by and large, no. So I don't know if I fully agree with Sasha on that. I get his point fundamentally, which is that he's seen a lot of great people that haven't made it. That is true. But I think the people that possess the, the, the in, in my estimations, in my, my proposition to the triangle, I think that that is very few and far between. And I don't think that is something that is down to luck. 
I think that these people are regardless will will make an impact because they have to. And I'll leave you with this. One artist in particular that I know, there is there is only way, one way that they can exist in the world and that is through expressing their unique sound to the world. They're very clear on their vision. They're very clear on their talent, very clear on their truth. The problem with this artist in particular is that they don't want to do anything that like seems like they're selling out. So they are a bit self-sabotaged to the point where they won't do anything too commercial, but which is kind of respectable, but I also think it almost underplays their own talent because they don't want to do the TV show. They don't want to do the magazine cover, whatever, but it's like, but you also, it's always about what, what audience can you find next? I think that that audience that doesn't know about you should know about you because you're really like insanely talented. One of the most talented people out there right now. So, even if you possess all of these things in the triangle, doesn't mean you can ex- exist. Well, uh, well, I guess that that would perhaps argue that they don't have the business acumen of it to to go. Or maybe they do, and they go, "I don't want to be all that," and I'm happy where I am. And maybe that's the business decision they've made. So, you know, as long as the artist is happy, maybe we're all we can all be happy. So there you go. What do you think? As I've been talking about this, I'm wondering, <laughs> should this be a Venn diagram? It Does this make sense as a triangle? I don't like Venn diagrams. I think they're ugly. And I think that Venn diagrams are kind of played out in pop culture in terms of like, you know, memes, Venn diagram, this plus that equals this. But perhaps, perhaps it is a Venn diagram. <laughs> anyway, it's too late now. This has been... Derek G speaks volumes. What have I got for an appendix for you this week? I've been really happy with how the interviews have evolved um, so far from Jeannie to Lucinda. Or well, who was it first? Margot. I had Jeannie. Who else have I had? I've had Chauvin. I've had Lucinda. I think I'm forgetting. I've had Sasha. I hope I haven't forgotten anyone. And uh, I think with every interview, I've evolved more in, in terms of how I approach things. And I, I'm excited about the future interviews I have coming up. Lots of talented individuals. It's, it's a, quite a privilege to be able to reach out to people and for them to say yes, which is nice. Outside of that, just plodding along, oversubscribing myself, making too much stuff. I'll see you in the Discord to chat about this if you've made it this far. But this has been Derek G Speaks Volumes. Look forward to the next episode. It's going to be a good one. Until then, have a good rest of your week. See ya.